0: Hello everybody, welcome once again as we continue on the study we're doing through, uh, thank you, through the New Testament and uh, we are in the book of Philippians right now. We're going to look at chapter 2 in just a moment and um, we've, been, we've been working through this a chapter at a time. My notes say this is our 185th study on the New Testament uh, since we started. So that's, that's a pretty long chunk where, where my, my initial thing was it should take us about five years to work through the New Testament and then another 15 to work through the Old Testament. That's the plan. Um, so we have, we have the next big chunk of time mapped out, which is convenient if you, you know, anyway. But um, it's, it's very helpful to study the Bible in context because if you just sort of pick out a verse here and there, um, sometimes we can build sort of little pet theologies based on those little um chunks pulled from here and there but uh, you have to be very very cautious when you do that you really have to whenever you take a a, a verse from scripture um, and it's not that you can't use a verse for something it just has to hold true to its context and so um that means that, that it's it's important to uh, understand what was going beyond before it and what was going after it and the reason it was written and when it was written and who it was written to And that certainly um, uh, Paul is who we're studying now. He wrote his letters to uh, mostly to specific situations in the brand new church. But many of the situations that were going on then go on now. So um, sin has not changed that much in a couple thousand years. Uh, And uh, our our sin nature hasn't changed all that much. Our need for Jesus certainly hasn't changed. And so most of what's written applies uh, to us today. And the Holy Spirit uses it in us today but um, we want to be careful that we don't start to make it say something that it's not really saying so we worked through um the gospels together and then we worked through the book of acts and as we sprung out of the book of acts at the end there we were talking about paul's missionary journeys so we decided to take time to then look at the letters he wrote back to the churches that he started on his missionary journeys that's what we're doing now philippians is slightly different than than a lot of the other letters, in that, um, from what we can tell, Paul really wasn't correcting anything with the Philippians. He was just very close to the Philippian church, and he was writing them a letter, telling them hi, and that he'd hope to visit. He's going to send people back and forth, and um, making sure they're okay. Uh, he's writing from um, prison, in effect. He's uh, he's under house arrest in Rome, um, with with the guard, or you know, the Roman guard is there watching over him. He hasn't been able to. Um, Get out and do the ministry he's accustomed to. He's been stuck in this house um, for a couple of years, but he's using the time well. Um, uh, He's apparently been able to preach the gospel to all of the palace guard that are watching him, and you know that he's gotten some of them guys into the kingdom. HE'S ALSO TAKEN TIME TO WRITE LETTERS AND, and uh, WHICH, you, YOU KNOW, PAUL'S LETTERS WEREN'T JUST RUN-OF-THE-MILL LETTERS, WE STILL HAVE THEM 2,000 YEARS LATER, THAT'S A LETTER, uh, that's, a, THAT'S A GOOD LETTER, WHEN YOU WRITE SOMETHING THAT'S AROUND A COUPLE THOUSAND YEARS LATER, IMPACTING THE WORLD, GOOD JOB, uh, BUT YOU KNOW, WE KNOW HE DID THAT UNDER THE UNCTION OF THE HOLY SPIRIT, AND SO THIS IS WHAT PAUL'S BEEN DOING IN HIS LIFE, at this point in time. He's awaiting trial um, there in Rome. He's appealed to Caesar. Um, we, we do know from history that he does get out of, uh, out of house arrest. He, uh, he does have some more ministry in him, um, uh, but then um, not much because in, in uh, a few years from when this is um, written, he's, he's gonna be killed. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. And uh, when we introduce Philippians one, I told you that the theme of the letter Um, The overriding theme was joy and rejoicing. And uh, I thought it was great that he wrote that from, from uh, house arrest and, and dealing with some difficult things in his life and, and certainly not doing what he wanted to do. Um, you know, his heart was to travel and go to the churches he started and to meet with the people that he loved and to uh, bring more people into the kingdom and to preach the gospel in the marketplaces and do all the things that he was used to doing, and now he's stuck in a house. And yet he, he writes from there about joy. To me, that's why it has such impact. It's one thing to write about joy when everything's going really well right? Uh, it's another thing altogether to write about joy when it's, when it's really not. And, uh, and, but that's why you can see what he's talking about. And um, he, he said that the source of joy uh, in the life of a believer is our relationship with Jesus. That's why he can have joy and rejoice regardless of the circumstances. The, our joy emanates from the fact that we're in relationship with Jesus, um, we looked at a verse last week in John 15, 10 and 11, that, where it says, "If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love." This is Jesus talking. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be. Complete. So um, in in our relationship with Jesus, we can experience his joy in our lives. His joy is in us so that our joy might be complete. It has everything to do um, with being in relationship with Christ. That is the source of joy. Now to understand why that happens, um, we need to have a pretty clear understanding of who Jesus is. And uh, Paul's going Paul's gonna to give that to us. In the second chapter of the book of Philippians, clearly identifying the identity of Jesus. So let's read that. It's uh, 30 verses, Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to read it to you. There's Bibles on the rows, or if you didn't bring your Bible, or if you have your Bible, whatever translation you have is great. I'm going to read out of the NIV, um, so you can follow along. Um, We had handout sheets with all the verses on that. You can read that, your Bible, the handout sheet, or uh, the the Bible in the row, or you can just listen to me read, whatever, but but it's coming at you. Okay, here we go. Philippians 2, beginning with verse 1. each of you should look not only to your own interests but also to the interests of others your attitude should be the same as that of christ jesus who being in very nature god did not consider equality with god something to be grasped but made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness THEREFORE, MY DEAR FRIENDS, AS YOU'VE ALWAYS OBEYED, NOT ONLY IN MY PRESENCE, BUT NOW MUCH MORE IN MY ABSENCE, CONTINUE TO WORK OUT YOUR SALVATION WITH FEAR AND TREMBLING. FOR IT IS GOD WHO WORKS IN YOU TO WILL AND TO ACT ACCORDING TO HIS GOOD PURPOSE. DO EVERYTHING WITHOUT COMPLAINING OR ARGUING, SO THAT YOU MAY BECOME BLAMELESS AND PURE, CHILDREN OF GOD WITHOUT FAULT IN A CROOKED AND DEPRAVED GENERATION, IN WHICH YOU SHINE LIKE STARS IN THE UNIVERSE. As YOU HOLD OUT THE WORD OF LIFE IN ORDER THAT I MAY boast ON THE DAY OF CHRIST THAT I DID NOT RUN OR LABOR FOR NOTHING BUT EVEN IF I AM BEING POURED OUT LIKE A DRINK OFFERING ON THE SACRIFICE AND SERVICE COMING FROM YOUR FAITH I AM GLAD AND REJOICE WITH ALL OF YOU SO YOU TOO SHOULD BE GLAD AND REJOICE WITH ME I HOPE IN THE LORD JESUS TO SEND TIMOTHY TO YOU SOON THAT I ALSO MAY BE CHEERED WHEN I RECEIVE NEWS ABOUT YOU I HAVE NO ONE ELSE LIKE HIM who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself, because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I am confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you in his distress because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him on the Lord with great joy and honor men like him because he almost died for the work of Christ risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Great uh, chapter of scripture, as they all are, but um, there's some great stuff in there and some things that should make you stop and think and a couple of those verses that make you go, um, when you read them, we'll we'll get back to those in a minute. Um, But I hope you saw some of those that just make you go, like um, I said, we get back to a minute. Now I want to get to them now. Your attitude. How about verse five? Your attitude should be that, the same as that of Jesus Christ. That ought to just make you stop like every moment. Really? He had a pretty good attitude, (laughs) right? How about there's a verse in there? Well, there's a couple. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Nothing means nothing. That's a, that's a, that means nothing. Sometimes I don't think we always take that and do nothing out of selfish ambition. Then there's another one that's really good later on. Do everything. Everything is like nothing, right? Except everything. Do everything without arguing or complaining. Everything. Without arguing or complaining. Can you? Everything. See, there's a few of those that mean, mean, oops, I've got a lot of work to do because I'm not at everything without, anybody here at everything without arguing or complaining? It's like I do things and after I argue and complain about them so it 's like do everything after <laughs> a series of arguments and complaints, <laughs> okay, but I digressed um, first five verses. Paul points out how amazing it is that that Jesus is willing to uh, surrender the the incredible blessing or, or I don't have the right word for it um, of, of deity to take on flesh and to die for us on a cross um, what, what Jesus did um, stepping out of the throne uh, of heaven and, and um, taking on flesh fully God fully man is the picture of uh, the perfect picture of self-sacrifice Jesus came for us. Now, that realization should have a profound effect on how we live in our day-to-day lives. Just that realization. See, that's what should affect our attitudes. That's what should make it so that we're willing to do what we need to do, get the bigger picture, stop complaining. Um, you know, Because in the bigger scheme of things, God the creator of the universe, the one who spoke it all into being and maintains it all, the the one who gives us breath, after we basically thumbed our nose at him and told him we'll do it our way, repeatedly, and still do it, comes. In in the most amazing of ways, not not breaking through the clouds with the thunder and the lightning and peals and blasts and I don't know if you, how you would do it if you were God, but I would make a, I'd want a big entrance. Uh, uh, in the most humble of ways, born of a virgin, in a in a they're not even room at the hotel, and and lives a humble life um, among us has to. I mean, and and people go, you know, you wonder why. I think, you know, he really, he came that way, uh, for a couple of reasons. I, I think he came that way because he wants to be able to relate to everything that we experience. So he did. Came, was born the way we we're born. Just went through the entire thing, the, the way we did through a birth canal. Same, same deal. Came into the world that way. Not in the. I mean, that's pretty spectacular in and of itself. But still, you get it. He he came that way, and I think. Um, so that he could experience that and, and relate to us. We've talked about that. But I think also so that we, we wouldn't be afraid of him. I think he thought it out pretty well. Because um, I, I think, you know, you know, when you read the scripture, when just an angel shows up, everybody hits the ground. boom. Because the angel's always got to say, don't be afraid, get up. Because when you saw the angel, you went that- you face planted you couldn't get there fast enough and the angels like look we gotta talk come on get up it's really frustrating you know you you ever wonder if they go to God and say seriously every time but apparently it's every time can't find a time where it doesn't happen get up get up so that's just an angel I'm not saying anything bad to the angels but that's God the creator of the universe I mean you know uh, they y- y- you couldn't hear his voice or anything in the Old Testament and and uh, you know everything I mean it was you couldn't see his face I mean it was, it was huge um, uh, you know the Israelites heard his voice one time and said they never wanted to hear it again Do you remember I don't know if you read that but there's we'll, we'll get to it they hear his voice one time and say please never again never you just listen for us and tell us it's what they said to Moses freaked him out that bad um, so he comes in a in a way that we wouldn't be afraid of, and then he lives uh, an amazing life, a humble life, um, a carpenter's son, who, and they have to travel around a lot. They're on the run in the beginning because, you know, they're, they're trying to take Jesus out already, and and uh, they, they move from place to place, and they finally settle down, and he grows up as a carpenter's son, and learns a trade as a carpenter, and lives that life, and um, he he was tempted in every way the Bible says yet without sin he he never sinned couldn't for on for our I mean I could have if I guess if he chose to but he didn't um because he had to be sinless in order to be a perfect sacrifice and then um engages in a in a an amazing ministry that changes the world changes the world till to this day changes the world separated time as we know it from before he came and after he came and 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 uh that was the profound impact that he had on the world at the time and continues to this day. No one else has ever had anything even close to that kind of impact on the world. That was this humble carpenter from a very small place and really um, done with a very small group of people. That made this change. I mean, and had this amazing ministry. People were healed from all types of illnesses. People were raised from the dead. They came out of the tombs. Um, uh, people saw and heard that had never seen or heard. They were set free from, from uh, demon possession. They, they were given life back. They experienced brand new life. All of this took place in, in the period of Jesus' ministry. When he was among us, and then, um, you know, at the height of the popularity of his ministry, you know, something changes and the the religious community decides they, they don't want him and they turn people away from him and he's rejected and his friends all run away and he's left alone to die a very lonely, miserable, cruel death on a cross, which he does willingly for us because it's there that he pays for our sin. It's the sacrifice that was needed that we could be restored to relationship with God. But he, it, it, just getting that he came to do all that should impact us in every area of our lives. And yet we get so busy, we forget that stuff, and it so quickly becomes about us every day. I mean, it's just so quick that we're back into to our own thing. But um, we need to remember what took place so that it changes us and and it should change how we live our day-to-day lives Jesus is our example he's our model for life and and we're to have his attitude and so that, that whole process should change the way that we relate to people um, in our own lives. And, and we should have his heart and compassion. Um, we should see like he sees and serve like he serves and love like he loves and, and think like he thinks. Um, realizing it's not all about us and that Paul is saying that this, this whole attitude then will, will help us to truly have community that we've been called to have. In Christ our relationships will grow and, and flourish um, based on loving God and, and loving others and displaying a Christ-like attitude in our lives. Um, the, the concepts we talk about of living by trying to do the next right thing and, and, um, and, and really following in Jesus' example will we'll take on a whole new depth of meaning when we understand and, and think about who Jesus is and what he's done, and, and what a huge impact it's had on us and on the world around us. Again, those verses in, in, uh, in, in verse 3 and 4, it said, you know, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. So he starts with that. Then in, in verses 5 through 11, um, these verses comprised what... Um, Is known as one of the earliest Christian liturgies, and these verses were used as a confession of faith in the early church. And uh, the verses make clear um, that Jesus is God. And 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 just listen to this, like a um, the the churches would say this as a confession of faith, so they remembered what I was just talking about with Jesus. Verse five: Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Verse six: Who being in very nature God. and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That was the confession of the early church so that they remembered who Jesus was and that he came for them. He came for you. He came for you. you know, when you, if you think about it, um, Jesus came and then defeated death and rose again and returned to the throne room. He, he went back to where he was. And, and um, so, because uh, y- y- you might wonder why he did what he did. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it, it talks about him enduring the cross with joy in, in Hebrews. Um, uh, the joy set before him, he endured the cross, it says. And you think, well, what was the joy set before him? Because he, he was already experiencing everything in the throne room that he could possibly experience. As, as, you know, who, because of who he is, he's God. And, and, uh, and yet he endures all of that, all that I just talked about. For the joy set before him, and uh, the only thing that wasn 't at the throne before that is now is you in christ you 're the joy set before him. you you 're that you 're the reason he came you see, see that concept should change you it just should impact you in in all the other things that get distracting and busy, and all those other things that, that we make so important you 're the reason he came you 're the joy set before him. This is the foundational truth in, in Christianity, um, th- those verses that I read about. Um, in, in that confession, the early church affirmed the preexistence of Jesus as God, affirmed his incarnation as a true human being, affirmed his death on the cross, his resurrection, and his coming again to be revealed as Lord of all, all of the heart of the gospel revealed in that confession. And then um, from verses 12 on, uh, it, it uh he, he encourages us, especially in like 12 through 16, 17, um, that in light of that, in light of who Jesus is and in light of what he's done, um, we're to work together as a community to continue to grow in him and become more like him. And that as we grow and flourish as a community, we impact the world, which is what it's all about. So that more people come to know him and then that has a bigger impact on the world so more and more people can come to know Jesus and what he's done for them so that they can have life now and forever and, and we, we hit verses in that process that I, I talked about earlier where to do everything in that light without complaining and arguing and, and like I said that's something obviously we've all got to work at um, we're to be a people of mission holding out the word of life uh, preaching sharing and living the gospel message to a world that desperately needs it these are the things that we're called to in Christ. And he goes on in the letter and he talks about that he wants to come and see him. He's going to send Epaphroditus back um, because he's been there a long time and he got sick while he was there and they thought he might die but Paul's happy that he didn't. Blessed and encouraged. and I'm sure he prayed for him and all those things happened but they can send him back. They're going to send Timothy probably with him so that Timothy can check in and then come back and tell Paul how things are going there. And uh, then he says I hope to see you soon. And uh, he'll continue on this discussion next time we get together when we look at Philippians chapter 3 but that's enough for today and uh, if you're watching uh, by video or on television thank you so much for spending this time with us we know how valuable your time is we appreciate every moment of it come and visit us here on Big Pine if you get a chance and uh, if you need prayer go to our website at keysvineyard.com look for the prayer page and uh, you can just fill out that form and we will pray for you but uh, we're going to end there tonight